0: Welcome to the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association Or Joma podcast. I'm your host Elisa Minken. I am a general pediatrician and proud Joma member, and I'm really honored and really excited to be here today with Rebetzin Gila Ross. Before I introduce Gila I'd like to say, please, if you have any topics you want to hear, comments on the talks I've done, you want to be interviewed, you know someone you want to hear being interviewed, please reach out to us at health, H-E-A-L-T-H, at joma, J-O-W-M-A, dot org. We want to hear from you. Gila Ross. Vibrant, positive, and relatable style makes her a well-sought-after and much-loved coach and educator with over 20 years of experience. She has a passion for sharing the joy and relevance of Judaism and for positive parenting. Her Power Up podcast was named the top Jewish podcast world, one of the top Jewish pot, co- podcasts worldwide. It allows listeners to access her wit, wisdom, and inspiration in their own time. You can find her on Instagram at it's Gila Ross, I-T-S, Gila Ross with no apostrophe, where she shares daily inspiration. She runs parenting courses, offers individual strategy sessions, and also specifically works with parents in schools to help kids develop a healthy relationship with technology. I'm going to link this podcast to two other talks I did on kids and teens and technology. Um, so check the show notes for those. Welcome Gila, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be speaking to you.
0: I'm really excited too, because I wanna talk about your course about um, teens and technology, but before we get into that, we really need to talk about parenting teens. And I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm thinking about this, maybe this is not an apt analogy, but I grew up in the 60s and rock music was like the thing, the generation gap, right? And I think now we have technology, as something that feels like such a huge barrier to being able to um, parent our teens in a way that we feel is effective and build those connections. So I really wanna start with talking about the teenage years because they've always had a bad rap, right? Why?
1: <laughs> so it's that is a really, really good question. And I don't know, if, I, I don't know how far always goes back, but it's interesting because um, I worked with teenagers for um, 10 years. We we used to run NCSY in Western Canada, and obviously NCSY focuses solely on, for anyone that doesn't know what NCSY is, it is a high school youth group um, program that, that provides programming for high school students. So we we're working with teens long before my own kids um, um, became um, teenagers. And then when um, my kids became teenagers and also, in in terms of our work we, we moved from working with teenagers to working with young families focusing mostly on adults I'm an educator and um, that's what that's what I do so I I, I made that shift and it, it got me thinking about like teens working with teens versus working with adults and and as well as parenting kids younger kids versus parenting teens and it's a great question that you are you asked and I, I actually I'm thinking about it and it's it's I don't think it's a question I've asked you know people kind of take that assumption that about teens and I'm, I have I don't think I've ever been asked that question before why do teens get such a bad rap and it's interesting because I think about it and I've I've loved working with teens because I find that during the teenage years kids are discovering themselves right and they don't, they're asking questions. They want to know why. They want to get to know themselves, the world. And it's a great age group to work with because there's that there's that curiosity, there's that openness, there's that excitement, that there's honesty as well, right? Like you can't bob off a teenager. I, I In my experience, I have not managed to do that um, successfully. And yet, when th- there's obviously challenges with it, right? Parents, that, you know, why do they get bad rap? Because they can be difficult to parent, right? They present a whole new cha- um, challenge as parents. What I personally have found is that in some ways, I prefer parenting teams. Why? Because you can have a real relationship, right? If you think about, you know, a baby or a four or five-year-old and you're sitting down and you're playing with them or you're listening to their stories, it's very much you doing for them. Right. And you're listening to them and you're getting involved into their world and you're and you're, you know, doing what what they kind of want to do. Right. With a teenager, it's different. Right. Because it's not so much you're just playing Candyland together. Right. Yeah. You play games together, but they are they are now becoming their own person. And I I think that part that's what the scary part is, is right, is because we as parents, have to what walk that balance between allowing our children to make their mistakes right to discover their own independence to use it I don't know about you if I remember my teenage years I mean I made a lot of mistakes in the teenage years right and things that I did like if I think back and if I think about um letting my kids go through those things then it's scary Right.
0: Right. Especially if you teenager is different than you. Like I was a straight arrow. Okay. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why we feel differently about this. <laughs> I was just an academic kid. I didn't do anything. Right.
1: Wow. <laughs> your parents' dream, right? I although, was. I, although I wonder what your parents' perspective on that was.
0: I was a dream kid. <laughs> right. Amazing. <laughs> Right, but I mean the the point that I'm making is that it's very hard because they are becoming their own people, and I think we have a tremendous fear is if what if they're not like us, right? And there's and a whole layer theory... in, in in the religious world about that, right? We're 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 bringing up we want to bring up from Jews, and what if they're different than us, right? What if they choose differently from us? <clears throat> and you know what? Another fear is,
1: what if <clears throat> they're exactly like us? Right. right sometimes sometimes that's a fear that shows up in parenting and not just teenagers but um it's interesting because I, I um a lot of people ask me questions about parenting and for people that have more than one kid they'll find that they have a kid that's most like them and for a lot of people parenting the child that's like them is the most difficult
0: wow
1: because it brings up like all those things of all that you know it depends like if if I'm not you know, happy with what I am, or if I see myself in my child, if I see those failings in my child and I'm I'm nervous about how that's going to be. Like sometimes the parent that's least like that child is easier. It's easier for that parent to parent that child than the parent that is like that child.
0: Right. And it also matters how you were parented, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you want to talk for a few minutes about parenting style? Because I think Parenting style always matters, but I think everything just matters more in the teenage years. Right, so so tell me a little bit more what you mean by parenting. So what I mean by parenting styles is, um, if you look in literature, psychology literature, um, they've been referring to um, primarily three styles or types of parenting. Um, They are called authoritative, authoritarian and permissive. Um, It's confusing because authoritarian and authoritative sound so similar. Um, There's actually a fourth subtype which is neglectful and they can be looked at on a scale of how responsive you are to your kids and how much you demand of them. Um, So the authoritarian parenting style is very much, I tell you what to do, you listen. It is not particularly responsive to the child or teenager. It is all you know, coming from, from the parent. Um, and neglectful would be the one where you don't ask anything and you also don't respond. And of course that is unquestionably bad. Um, then there is the permissive style, um, which is very responsive to the child but doesn't really ask much of them. Um, often um, the parent may um, overindulge in the child to avoid conflict. And the recommended style um, is called authoritative. And this is one where it is demanding of the child. Um, there are rules, there's structure, but it's also very responsive. So it provides a lot of clear um, boundaries and expectations, but a lot of responsiveness and warmth to the child and teenager. And that has also been called balanced parenting. And this is from um from the work of Diana Baumrind, a developmental psychologist, and also Stanford researchers Eleanor McCobe and John Martin,
1: yes, you' you're hundred percent right. And I kind of I like to call it and and I think this is based on um, the research that Gottman, John Gottman, and his institute has done. Mm-hmm. the coaching style of parenting, right? Mm-hmm. whereas if if you think if you think about a coach, and um you know, a coach kind of is there for you but it's there to help you develop your you, you know um um yourself and sometimes you got to you know the coach is going to tell you what to do right now parenting is is a little bit different right because when a, a person goes to a coach they're paying for that coaching and they they want that coaching right our kids don't want it i mean they do they do <laughs> when it's done right right but they deep down want it but obviously they're going to resist it because no one likes to being told what to do right but What's, what, what's the premise behind coaching and how does that come into parenting is that the idea is that we are there mm-hmm. with our child for our child in order to bring out the best in our child, right, in order to and this we see this in the words, in, in, in the Hebrew words for education, right, which is chinuch, mm-hmm. right, which comes from the word um, um, like which means like an inauguration, right, What what is chinuch, what's the job of a parent, it's to enable your child to understand themselves and to give them the tools to to you know to overcome their weaknesses to develop their strengths so that when they get to the age of around 18 or so and they're adults they're able to do to, to they're, they're fully prepared to step into the world as and and, and as a functioning adult and, and bring their best
0: to the world I love that, and you know the rest of it is hanach Anar p darko that you'll have to do at p darko according to their way. Yeah, that wisdom is right there.
1: Yeah, yeah, which which is which is what it is. Is is you have to right like it, and it's it's, I think why we struggle a lot with parenting is because you can't you know the the jokes they they say about parenting or especially when you're parenting like babies and I think the same thing with with teenage any age is like as soon as you figure out it changes okay right? Right. because it does because it's very very individual yes there's ideas and there's concepts and and I think a parent should never stop learning and a parent should always be in that environment of growth and development because that's what we want for our kids so that's what we have to do um but it's very individual right it's what does my child. This child, this particular child that I have, not necessarily the child that I wanted or dreamed for, but the child that I have needs in this
0: particular moment. Right, right. But I think what makes it so hard is we're going to get back to technology, right? I mean, in order to do all this, you have to have conversations, have that relationship. And I think a lot of parents are really struggling with this because technology, it really feels like it's taking over a lot.
1: And can I say something? <laughs> yes. Um, how many of us have a healthy relationship with technology? Right? right? So here we are trying to parent. And, and I think there's two things about technology that, that, that we struggle with, right? Number one, we're trying to parent, teach our children in a world that is changing so fast that we're struggling with all those changes, right? How many parents, how many people do you know or how many people that are listening out there can comfortably say, yeah. I've got, I'm I'm good, I've got a healthy relationship with my phone, with technology, whatever, right? We're struggling with it. At the same time that we're trying to teach our children, we want better for our kids. We don't want our kids to be addicted to technology. We don't want our kids to be on social media and all that negative impact that we're sensing of like the self-esteem and, and, you know, how how we see other people, how we compare ourselves. We don't want that, that for them. We haven't figured out ourselves, and at the same time, the technology is an impediment to that relationship that we're trying to build with them. Exactly. Screen time is fun, right? You know, it feels good. It feels good. It feels good for us, like you know, you're you're in. If your child's little, right, you're in the playground, and it's boring to be in the playground with your child, and you've got your phone, and you take a break, right? That which is it's got its positives and its its negatives, right? Like, but it's as they get older for the teenagers as well it's fun right you have a fight with with your parent you don't even have a fight with your parent like right? your your parents are not as interesting as a video game or social media or, or you know or watching all the action on, on 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 technology it's it's so you've got those two things you've got number one it in itself is is a challenge to the relationship and we're trying
0: to teach our kids when we haven't yet fully figured it out either Right. It always comes back to, it's not about how, what you should be doing to help your child. It's also about what you should be doing to help you. Yeah. Right. I feel like it comes up in so many of my podcasts on parenting. Yeah.
1: Because it's, look, um, the most powerful way we impact our kids is by who we are and the relationship we have with them.
0: Right. So, yeah, and I think you can get away when your kids are younger. This is what makes the teens so challenging. You can often get away when your kids are younger by just making the rules and enforcing the rules. And then they become teenagers and start questioning them or they just know technology better than you.
1: Right. And and some of the things is is that, you know, I've heard this in in, you know, in, in certain places, right? They'll tell kids technology is bad right now you could say that to a six seven eight year old right but a teenager is going to say to you hold on a second right let's say they were a really religious kids you're saying technology is bad what about terror anytime right which is an incredible website only um, um streaming Torah content thousands and thousands and thousands of classes like you're telling me technology is bad and at the same time i see that it isn't and we have to be comfortable to get into that newest nuanced conversation with our kids to say, that's not the question. Right. The question isn't, is technology good or bad? The question is, how powerful is this thing
0: that we hold? It, in our it, you know, it, it's very powerful. And I'm thinking about how we know that the earlier um, a child or teenager is exposed to drugs, the more impact, more dangerous it can be on their young developing brains. Well, it's the same thing for technology. Hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not trying to be fear-mongering, I wanna do the opposite of that here. And I love how you're doing this. I don't wanna undermine what you're doing at all. But in an article I just read, somebody compare technology to the ocean, right? You don't just throw your kid in the ocean, right? It's about giving them skills and it's about understanding safety, right? Yeah.
1: And if I can push the analogy a little bit further mm-hmm. is, is I, I sometimes what i think is that we are so afraid of this ocean that we tell our kids don't go
0: right don't go right, into the." Right. i'm in, thinking of a map ocean. where they say there be dragons
1: <laughs> without realizing right that our kids are going to be in that ocean
0: right right at
1: some point right like right for so many of our kids to say there is no or to just give them black and white rules without getting uncomfortable and saying you know what this is here this is a huge part of our life it's a huge part of my life it's going to be a huge part of my life and it's my responsibility as a parent as an educator to give my kids to give the the people that I teach or whatever if if people are educators are listening the tools so that they can develop a healthy relationship with this massive
0: thing absolutely so I want to talk for just a few minutes. You know, you had written an article about teens and technology that I had read, and you talked about um, setting limits with within the challenge that teens are more tech savvy than their parents. On average, <laughs> I want to talk about that a little bit, please. Yes. So,
1: okay. So, so I, I want to before I start this, I want to say is that um, my my approach to teens technology technology mm-hmm. with ourselves technology and 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 generally most things in life is that very few things are just like one step solutions right? right like you know it's it's I think it's very simplistic to kind of say put a filter on my phone and mm-hmm. we're good right or um put a you know um um I'll, I'll have the wi-fi switch off at 10 o'clock at night and that's it we're good right it's all about layers right mm-hmm. layers and layers and layers and and it's it's it, each thing can be helpful but it's not it's not one off right it's not just okay that you do that and you're good right i think we we i think we're being naive if we think that way and it's the same thing with with you know limits right you can have all these apps that that create limits but likely there are going to be teens out there that know how to get past those limits right, right? or hang out with other kids that don't have those types of limits right so that's where it comes in to 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 the other things that we need to do as parents right because also as our kids um get older and and this again goes back to why parents and teens is harder is because it's we have less control over them
0: right? exactly the well, way you're talking about filters and, and all of these other things that the parent does to try to control the child and then the child becomes a teenager
1: yes yeah and it, it's just it, Really, the truth is we think about it, it's the same in other areas of, of, right. of parenting as well, right? When your kid is is is, is young, um, you can tell them you do X, it, it, you know, you do thing and they'll do it because they rely on us, right? When they're 13, 14, 15, you don't really get away with it. When you're 18, they don't get away, you don't get away with it at all, right? right. They, they they make their own decisions. And that's when the education has to turn to not just us as parents putting these limits outside but the coaching part of it right like the the teaching the education the let's look at it together let's understand this thing that we have right let's understand this this very very powerful thing that we have and let's understand how to use it in a way that is going to improve your life and not uh, a thing And, and it starts by actually looking at you know, getting, getting really knowledgeable about what is it, right, you know, how does it impact my life, right, and, and teaching our kids how to ask um, the right questions about it and how to be mindful and, and, and giving them also that protective
0: space where they can come to us and have these conversations. That's a really, really important point that I want to underscore this idea of the protected space. You know, I was thinking of a talk that I did with um, Rabbi Zvi of of Amudim, where he tells his kids, you know, if you're out with your friends and they're doing something I had told you that, you know, it was dangerous. They look like they're drinking and you're in trouble. You know, here's a code word and you can call me up and I will not ask any questions. I will pick you up. I will not yell at you. You will not be in trouble. And so I think the same applies to technology as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it yes, it applies to to the thing that we have to we have to put our fear aside because we right. have to realize that that our kids need us to right. be able to have these conversations with us. They need to be able to come and they need to be able to, to look at it. You know, like we have to be comfortable with explaining to a child what the dangers are of it. Right. Because they're not just going to buy into this like, oh, it's terrible and whatever. I mean, not the teens that I've had anyway. So.
0: Right. And I like how you say it's really important for the parent to know enough about this. I think that's one of the problems is if you feel you're in over your head in that ocean. Right. You don't know enough about how to talk to your kids about technology, that you need to do that.
1: And, and and i think that the the good part about it is that once you recognize that you don't know enough then it's very easy to fix right you just go and find out right like we, we live in an information age right where it's it's very easy to kind of like i think that's the the, the thing that that sometimes parents or educators struggle with like they're going to ask me a question that i'm not going to know the answer to it's fine just tell them i don't know let's find out okay. right let me, let me ask let me ask someone else right because there are people, and there is research out there, and there is all the answers to it, right? We're not just saying no in a vacuum, right? We're saying right. no because there are serious concerns about about how to use it, and it's not just a religious from issue. It's it's an right. issue. Oh no, for sure. I, I this is um I, I was um um. Matthias Barker who's a psychotherapist and he's got a a very big online platform so he's he he, he's also a a psychotherapist in practice and he was talking once about technology and kids and someone asked him he has a young child what um you know what what would you let your child and she and he says I I'm not going to let my child he's not Jewish I'm not going to let my daughter have a smartphone until the 18 right, which obviously sparked a reaction, because, like, what do you mean, 18, like, that, that, that's absurd, that's crazy, right, and, and he's, and someone asked him, like, but aren't you afraid of, of the social impact of that, and he said, and, and this really, I think, stuck with me, he said, I am, I am afraid of the social impact it's going to have and the isolation that it might cause if she is the only one of one pay group that doesn't have a a, a smartphone until she's 18, but I'm more afraid of her having a smartphone, right? And why can he say that is because he knows, right? And again, and I think sometimes as, as, as religious parents, we need to take it out of the religious aspect, not completely because, um, and I think this goes back to parenting and, and my belief is that health has three components. It's our physical health, it's our mental health, and it's our spiritual health. And you can't, you can't divorce one from the other, right? right? For a person to be truly healthy, they need to have all those three. Right. So we don't need to take it completely out because at the end of the day, there's a spiritual part of us that also needs to be looked after and fed for our own health. But we also have to take it, take it wider. Than just the spiritual, the 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 religious aspect of it, because it's not just a spiritual. It's not just a spiritual um, question. It's not just a religious um, um, question for our kids. Oh,
0: not at all. Remember, I've compared it to drugs, where we know that the later onset of starting, the better prognosis, right? Now, there are definite dangers here. I read about communities where they all, you know, band together to say, "We're not going to give our kids smartphones till X." So it doesn't become that one child standing out. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is, it is hard. It is very, very hard. Um, um for, and, and we can't get away from that. We can't, we can't get away from the
0: fact that it is hard. The question is, which hard do we choose? <laughs> right. No, it, it it's really, really true. Um, and the other thing I want to point out is that it's so important for us to try to be calm about this because I think, you know, when you're dealing with teens, a lot of times they go into lizard brain mode, right? <laughs> Where they can become easily, you know, upset and dysregulated. We we can't mirror that, right? We have to stay calm.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, and it's and it's hard. And yes. you know what, when, when we, if we recognize that we're getting calm, it's okay to put a pause on the conversation, come back for it later. If we have overreacted, then it's you know it's also it's fine. Go back and and talk to your kid about how you overreacted. Like, and and I think this is something also that comes up is a lot of times we we are um, we like we're so concerned, which it, it's hard for us to disentangle their behavior from our overreaction. And I think when we can do that, it's a very powerful parenting moment because when we can kind of say, you know what, my kids did XYZ, which was not acceptable, and I reacted in a way that wasn't acceptable and say, say, I'm gonna take responsibility for that and actually go and have that conversation with our kid and say, you know what, let's not look at what you did. I overreacted, wow. right, and I'm sorry for that, then I think is when we can actually have that conversation about the thing, right, because as, as long as our kids is, our kids know when we overreact, right, they know it, so they, they right, they, we, just like we know when our kids overreact, they know it, right, so when we have the strength of character to actually say, you know what, I overreacted, that's when, firstly, we're teaching our children how to repair when when we've messed up. And we're also opening them the, the opening for them the door of being saying, you know what, my parents owned up for for, for overreacting. And
0: let, let now I can listen to what they have to say about the thing. And you're humbling yourself. I mean it is so beautiful on so many levels. I love it even just from the perspective of I think a lot of times parents feel I messed up, I'm not good. And then they just go down that hill of guilt. And so the option for repair I think is really powerful. And I think yeah. it's something you always have.
1: yeah, and, and I, I think believe any age. I believe the research shows that what happens is not as important as how we handle it afterwards, right. right? So which wow. is a very, very powerful thing to know as parents, because I think a lot of times what what we struggle with as parents is is those times when we mess up, right? right. And it's not just the messing up, but it's it's the fears of like, oh my goodness, I messed up. What is that going to do to my child? But knowing that we have the the option and the possibility to go back to our child and repair it is such a huge thing for us as parents and such a powerful tool in 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 our in our parenting as well
0: right well the next part is modeling you know what's the best way to teach your child by what you do absolutely by what you
1: say (laughs) and also what's the hardest part in
0: teaching your child (laughs) doing the right thing yourself
1: by modeling yes yes
0: but it's so powerful and I love that and I loved how in the article you said that the actual moments of con- going to quote you exactly the moments of conflict around screen time are actually teachable moments so I think we may fear I don't want to you know fight over this all the time um, I don't want to like get into that conflict um, but that is a chance to actually have those conversations right but maybe more after yeah,
1: and and um, so so I, I actually think this is a game-changing concept in parenting in general, is that very often we feel like we have two goals in parenting, right? We have the big picture goal of, I wanna raise my kids with these families. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be a contributor member. I want them to be happy. All those other things that we want for our children. And then we also have the very real goal of, I need to get through today, right? right. And and what what when we can sort of marry those two goals, that's when we can that that's very powerful, is is that actually how am I gonna teach my child all those other things? Is by getting through today, right? And it's it's those things, right? So sometimes you can do it in the moment, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have to do it ahead of time, right? For example, if you if you have decided that it's now the right time that my child's gonna get a smartphone, whatever the age is, then you sit down ahead of time and have those conversations with your child. You say to them, look, I'm gonna give you a smartphone. Here's what happens oftentimes to people that have smartphones, right? Here's the the things that we might um, um, you might encounter. How are we going to deal with it? What what things can we put in place? What what um, boundaries can we put in place? What guidance can we put in place so you can have a healthy relationship with your child, right? So firstly, you're you're preempting it, right? But there's going to be a time where it comes up again right and when you can step back from that moment and sort of rein your 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 um whatever the emotional reaction is is to it and say actually this is a teachable moment right then you can teach your child and 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 it and it changes i think it, it lessens our emotional um reaction to it and it also helps us actually take that moment of conflict and turn it into a moment where where I'm on your side, and I want to help you get through it, right? So it's not me versus you um, a- about this thing, right? Because that usually what conflict is—it's me versus you about the, 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 you know, I'm telling you now to get off to get off um, to, to get off your phone, right? No, it's like I'm here with you. I'm on your side, and I want to teach you how. If you said you were going to be on your phone for an hour, and the hour's now up you have to follow through on that right or i'm going to um, um, teach you how to have healthy boundaries around it, or whatever the thing whatever the thing is that that's the conflict is is you can say okay you can think in your it's a mindset at first right in your in your mind then you can express it to your child but i i'm
0: on your side and i'm here to help you learn how to use this effectively Right. And also, in the moment is not always the best time to do things. You can think about it as going back later when it's yeah. easier to be calmer and even yeah. to say, you know, to model, I was upset then, but now I want to talk about it.
1: Yep. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's sometimes in the moment, it's not the best time. Sometimes, you know, we're not. In the place to talk, they're not in the place to listen. Sometimes it's before,
0: sometimes it's during, sometimes it's afterwards. That's it. Yeah. right Also, because again, the tension you kind of alluded to before is the you're trying to control me. And even if you yourself are in that mode of I want to make you stop doing this, as opposed to the coaching, which is a hard, a hard thing to do. And especially as you're trying to switch over with a more mature child to a more mature um, coaching as opposed right. to telling style. Yeah,
1: and perhaps that's
0: the the fear
1: that we have as parents is that we know we can't control them,
0: (laughs) right? We can only educate them. Mm -mm, Not everybody knows that, okay, no. (laughs) I would say that authoritarian parents think that they can continue to try to control their child. And I think that there are parents with that style.
1: Right, And, and at the moment of conflict, Perhaps and I, I don't know if this is true. It's something I'm throwing out um, as we're talking is perhaps why they overreact so strongly is because there's that fear, right? That fear that that, that and 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 that that they can't really control them, right? Because they can't. You can't like you you can you can't. get to a certain age and you can't
0: control your child anymore, right? Right. We know the research is not back up authoritarian parenting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> Because, yeah, 100%, so. particularly in the teenage years. That's when you know it tends to backfire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk for a few minutes about helping teens with the boundaries. Because when you talk about boundaries, if you're talking about authoritarian, you're saying, you do this. You turn off your smartphone, or you don't get one, or you this, or you that. So another way would be to help them set their own boundaries, right?
1: Yeah. And- I think when we're when we're talk, th- thinking about teenagers, especially as they grow older, is they have to buy into it, right? Especially if we're looking at it as as um, a long term goal. of I want my child to have a healthy relationship with with technology, right, they have to buy into. Those gap boundaries or guidelines, right? It, it could be when your child is is young and just starting on their smartphone, which is different ages for different communities, that you can turn around to them and say, "Look, these are the rules. You don't follow the rules, you lose your phone." Right? As our kids get older, they develop the means to pay for their own phones. Right? They develop the means to have their own phones, and if necessary, hide it from you. So we we do lose that control as our as our kids get older. So if our goal is to, if, if our goal is just, I don't want my kid on technology until they're 18, then you might get away with it. But if your goal is probably not, but I know um, we're not <laughs> even going to
0: go there right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> If, your, you if your
1: goal is, I want my child to, I want my child to have a healthy relationship with technology. I want my child to be able to understand when it's having a negative impact on their life and be able to stop or put the things in, 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 guideline that comes through education. It has to be education. We have to teach our children what the dangers are, what the questions they should be asking, right? What the guidelines are, what the challenges of, of, of having that healthy relationship are. And we, we have to teach them the people that do have more of a healthy relationship with them. What are they doing right? and we can borrow we don't just need to look at technology we can borrow from anything else right what do what do people who who you know account what do people who are successful do right accountability is a huge thing right and for teenagers they bristle at the word accountability right so again we have to teach them in the context of you know you have accountability in your life think about exams right what is exams it's it Why do kids take exams so seriously? And why do schools take account exams so seriously? Is because especially when you're talking about state exams, is because there's accountability there, right? The schools are going to be accountable based, especially in the UK, you know, I don't know if it works the same in, in, in the states, but at the end of the, the high school exams, tables come out depending on on, on, on on what the overall grades were within the school. And they get rated right there's a ton of accountability when I mean, we can kind of take the accountability out of that parent-child relationship and it's me trying to control you and actually say accountability is very very powerful right Right? how can we use this to get where we want to get right that i think and it's, it's, it's again it's, it's teaching our kids all these different types of concepts that help them understand what they're dealing with, and how to deal with it, and this is what I do, In um, I have a course that I teach in schools, um, I was, you know, this is a, a subject that I've been passionate about a, a long time, I've, I've got a, a, a large social media um, following, so I, I deal with social media a lot, right, technology a lot, and it's something that I'm, I feel so strongly about, it's such a big part of our life, we have to learn how to, how to use it in a way that, that's, that get us the results that we want and we have to teach that to our kids. And I was thinking, what's the best way to get that information to the teenagers? So I've, I've, I've done this course through the schools, a couple of, um, a few different schools and where I go through you know, different concepts, six, six sessions and we go through different concepts that gives, gives our kids the, the tools that they can have to, to actually develop that healthy relationship with um, teenagers.
0: We'll That's amazing. Technology. Is that is that is that available in America? Um,
1: so that is um a good question. So I actually um I'm currently in the UK in the UK, but we're actually moving to the states um shortly. Oh yes. Um so Welcome. We, thank you. Thank you. We'll be moving to Denver, Colorado. Oh I have um, to connect you with someone, okay. Oh, exciting.
0: <laughs> so it, it definitely will be available in the states. Um yeah. It, it, is it a in-person is it a digital is it both both and so that's totally up to the school they can choose to
1: do in person or they can ch- choose to do digital and for schools that are not local i offer like a um let's say a, a, you know a one-day program right instead of ideally what i like to do is is six sessions weekly right for six weeks mm-hmm. so it sort of gives the kids time to um digest think it over integrate it and come back to the next one but um a one-day session is also really really great and that's an option for schools that are not local
0: now are the parents involved with this course
1: no no so, so... Th- this
0: this particular course
1: is given to teens mm-hmm. and um i do have a course that is um that that is designed for parents and teens and um, that one I haven't yet launched, but I, I'm, I'm very excited to to launch that because I think, again, as we talk about it, if if a parent is involved in this, it is so powerful, right? Because at the end of the day, it's great to have a course and it's great for kids to get these things. But if they have that parent, that safe person that they can talk to about these things that, that can guide them through on as, as they're going through it, right? Think of yourself as the coach in their life, right? That can whatever coach
0: them through it then it's 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 it takes it to a different level no i think it's really really important um i don't see how you can just work with teens and not work with their parents because then the parents don't have the skills
1: 100 so so why i started with um um schools and not through parents is there's two things number one much much greater access to teens that way right and the reality is that not every teen is going to have a parent that is right. available to do that for whatever reason right those teens also need tools right, right. so no, for sure yeah so so that's kind of where and and especially with teens that are older up in the in the high school system they can really use these tools
0: well right right but my question is do you send them home with like Something for their parents to say, you know, these are things you could discuss with your kids. These are some websites to go to or something to connect to the parents at the same time or not at all.
1: I don't. I mean, it's a great Mm -hmm.
0: idea. It is a great idea and maybe something I should look at incorporating. Right. I mean, like, you know, your your course for parents could be like a more in depth, but just to not leave the parents out. Yeah. At this time when they may feel so disempowered, you know? So, yeah. Food for thought. Yeah, no, it
1: it's, it's, it is um it is a um, um it is it is a really good idea. I'd love to put it into practice and see how it's um how it integrates and how you know parents buy into that. Right,
0: is- right. No, it's these. This is a really, really hard topic. Um, it really, really is. Um, but I'm so glad that you're doing this. I think it's so important and so valuable, there's really, there are some other programs out there, um, but nothing quite like yours. And so I'm really excited to be getting it here hopefully soon.
1: Thank you, thank you, yes, no, It is. it really is important because it's here, like it or not, it's here, part of our life. And we need, we need to learn how to how to have a healthy relationship. And we need to teach that to our kids. We, 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 we do them a, a massive service when we give them those tools because they are going to have to interact with technology.
0: Right. And it's not a one-time conversation. I don't know if we had said this earlier. It is, like everything else important, it is many, many teachable moments. Yes. Adding up over time.
1: Yes. And the good thing about technology is you're going to have Plenty of teachable moments, <laughs> as as you know, as a parent with 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 a child, you are going to have plenty, which which is means you'll you'll be able to teach them those skills and and over time,
0: right. And I'm going to repeat that it's okay to mess up, right. It's okay to make a mistake, and if you think about it that way, there's more teachable moments that way too.
1: Yeah, and can I say something? It's not just okay; it's a reality. Right. It's normal. Right? <laughs> you are going to mess up, right? And and again messing up is a teachable moment exactly right? when we mess up we get to teach our kids how to help. number one that we're not perfect which is good because it, it, it helps them understand they don't have to be perfect and it teaches them how
0: to how to how to recover from that how to repair and, and mess up right and we're all trying to learn how to live in a world that has really radically changed because of technology yeah Right, it's continuing to accelerate at a fast pace. And so it's a learning curve for all of us. Yeah. Right. So I wanna thank you so much for doing this with us. I can't wait until your courses all come out and you come here. Thank you. Be well. Thank, thank, you, thank you
1: so much for having me. And it's just, it was so great to talk to you and to it- hear um, um, your input and the work that you're doing. Thank you.
0: Thank you so, so much. Thanks for listening to the Joma Preventative Health Podcast. If you've enjoyed this, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share this with your friends. For more information, check out our Instagram at joma underscore org. Check out our website, www.joma.org, that's J-O-W-M-A dot org, or email us at health at joma